I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We're back, right back here in the home base for everything, everything everywhere, all at once when it concerns the Lakers fast break. It's Gerald Glassford from our back at you here from Lakers fast break, pop culture cosmos, where we give you the latest and information, the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts, plus also as well, inside sports, fantasy football and game source. Don't forget the great guys and gals at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and hit up Joe Soros, Ox1947, today at LakersBall.com. Plus, he owns this little company called Simblades. That Simblades, if you're in the Southern California area, can transform your lawn into something much more magical than it is today. So please go ahead and do so by going and reaching out to Joe today at Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. Our good friends, Laker Tom, the number one Laker-holic that's out there, the Lakers blogger that he is, he and Jamie Sweet, a.k.a. Yami Sweet, you could go ahead and check them out today at Lakerholics.com. And don't miss the episode that they did over the weekend that's available now wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube where they did together where they spent time going back and forth, talking about the CBA, going into great detail on that and going into all the options the Lakers might or might not have during the offseason. So go ahead and check that out. Lakerholic Spotlight right there for you. I added a little nice little touch on the JPEG. So go ahead and, you know, if you get a chance, check a, check it out. Some really good stuff that we did there. Plus also as well, if you can go ahead and give some support and love to Stone Hansen. Stone Hansen does a little show with some good friends of his called the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Go ahead and check out what he's doing today. At the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Uh, and of course, if you can, please like and subscribe. Subscribe today to go ahead and get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air. Just like you can with John McCallion channel on YouTube. Like and subscribe. We need all the help we can get. We're still not where we need to go. We need to get to our first goal of 1,000 subscribers on YouTube when we're getting in that right direction. So please help us out today. Hit that little Joe. On the right hand, the bottom right hand corner of your screen, hit the little Joe to get the latest notifications again with the latest Lakers fast break. And if you could do all that, it is sincerely appreciated. 
Well, I'm back again, like I said, at the home base here in Las Vegas, where the Las Vegas Golden Knights just won, obliterated the the Florida Panthers once again. That's two games in a row as it heads to Florida in the Stanley Cup for a 2-0 lead. But the Lakers themselves, even in the midst of an NBA Finals, which is now deadlocked at one, as it heads also back to Florida, they're always making news because Sham Sharania woke us all up this morning in Lakers land with a report that supposedly says that Kyrie Irving himself, a guy who's been much talked about in Lakers land for a year now and in the past couple of weeks has been you know talked about quite a bit. Can we get Kyrie Irving to join the team? Can we get the money to work out? Well, it seems like that Kyrie Irving, according to reports from Sham Sharania, said that he reached out to LeBron via phone call asking him to come to the Dallas Mavericks. So it sounds like to me that Kyrie Irving wants to sign a max contract because it, with the Dallas Mavericks, it's the only real team that can go ahead and sign him to a max contract or probably would want to sign him to a max contract and then go ahead and be able to go and see if they have enough left over to go ahead and build a big three in Dallas. Is this even a possibility? We'll find out. We'll hear some thoughts today from Joe and myself on it. But here today is a good man indeed. And we'll also talk about the deadlock series of the NBA Finals, if you're actually watching or caring. This is a good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today as Ox1947. It is my good friend, Mr. Joe Soro. And Joe, great to have you back, my friend. Great to be back in Vegas. Enjoyed my time off. You still see I have the vacation beard going on, which will be removed sometime this week. I rest assured because it itches like crazy had a lot of stuff to catch up on today so i couldn't quite get to that yet but my friend when i told you about this you, you uh, in the email you had a joe Soro response it seems like a standard issue joe Soro response obviously poo-pooing that in any detail i'm just gonna say now i don't think it's going to be even close to happening but if it does I don't think it would be such a bad idea after all, because the Lakers, if I'm sitting in, if I'm Rob Palenka and LeBron says, I want to go to Dallas. Okay, sure. Let's go ahead and do this. What do you have to offer Dallas? That's even making us worth our time and trouble. Nothing. Nothing. You don't have, they don't oh have any. Uh, who Shams should be embarrassed that he has to stoop this low, but it's not a surprise when when you start to lose whatever it is that you had you start going down that path of I'll do anything to keep my status regardless if your information is real or not this is such a waste of energy and time that I, I don't I'm not even I don't even want to discuss it, honestly. It's it's a waste of life. There is no LeBron's kid just went to USC. You think he's gonna to go to USC and all of a sudden, oh, you know what, guys, I don't think we're gonna to go to Dallas. It's not it, this should not even be a discussion. It should not be in a thought. I think it's stupid. The only way Kyrie becomes part of the LeBron group is if he decides to take the MLE to come to LA. That's it. Other than that, but it sounds like just Kyrie let wants it go. To because it sounds like Kyrie wants his cake and eat it too. He wants his five-year max contract with Dallas, 
but he wants uh, everything to happen in place for him. Logistically and financially, it, even if you could try to figure out a way, there's they don't have enough assets even close to what you could offer for LeBron. I was actually thinking about it today, Joe, and it's like, how could this be even a possibility? You know, if you call Rob Palenka, first of all, Rob Palenka would be laughing at you like the memes that Jamie Sweet sent me when I first go ahead and posted this headline. I, I said that if you're going to go ahead and offer him something, and, and Rob Palenka would just be sitting back and saying, you know what, Rudy Gobert, they, you know, for a Rudy Gobert who did absolutely nothing for the Minnesota Timberwolves this year, got a whole bunch of picks and players. There's just no way Dallas could ever come up with the kind of uh, picks and players involved to even trade for LeBron, even if LeBron wanted to go to Dallas. We need to start focusing on what what's really going to be the the real stuff, which is who's going to offer Austin Reeves a four-year, $100 million contract that the Lakers are going to have to match. We got episodes that's, coming up on that's, that too. That's that's coming. Someone is going to offer Austin, and I think it's going to be San Antonio that number, and the Lakers are going to match it, and then that's going to dictate who gets signed after that. That's a big part. There's a difference between let's say market value for Austin Reeves, which is probably between seventeen and eighteen around there. But someone's going to overpay knowing that the Lakers are going to have to match it. If San Antonio does it, even if the Lakers didn't match it, it's still a win for them because they need talent. They have the number one pick and they're going to be getting a player that is possibly a transcending player. And if you have someone like Austin Reeves, who's already built a little bit of a fan base in the country, you bring him to San Antonio and he's going to be very well liked and He's going to be coached by one of the best coaches that's ever coached. And it seems like uh, now that I'm I'm hearing that Popovich doesn't want to retire. I think he wants to continue no. to coach. But I don't know if that's true. I would say right now, if you're if getting Wembyama, which they're going to do with the first pick in the NBA draft, plus the options that are now available to you because of that, I think that that would just give you more motivation to coach at this point in time, wouldn't it? What else has he got to do, I guess? Sure. Let me try to see if I can win a couple more championships with this guy. This guy is obviously the kind of player that is thinking about winning. He's not thinking about MVPs like Joel Embiid. The first thing that Wimbiama says, I'm coming and get ready to start winning. That's what superstars, that's how superstars are supposed to talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether he can make it happen, we're going to find out. We thought Zion Williamson was the next big thing, and that has been fluttering badly. Uh, Wimbin Yamba looks like Porzingis, but taller. Looks like he runs the same way, which is kind of like a newborn deer. I know he's a good shot maker. I know he can get around with some fluidity, but so did Chet Holmgren. And then he played a few games in preseason and all of a sudden he's gone for the year. The NBA I kind of disagree. I think, he, I, don't... He, I think Wimbayama moves much more fluidly than that. I saw him firsthand in a couple of games and I really think he, he's, he's a real deal, man. He's a real deal. He, he moves like a wing. He moves like a six, seven full forward. 
Looks like uh, Joe's Wi-Fi is a little bit spotty right there. Gary says if LBJ wants out, so be it. Lakers can't afford to build a title around a contender around him. Anyways, always the sign of optimism from you, Gary. A. I understand that. First of all, again, if LBJ wants out, you know, I'm sure the Lakers would, you know, at least consider trying to accommodate him. But you've got to build the franchise forward. Uh, and then Hassan Clay, yes, we're ready for new trade proposals. You know, uh, Laker Tom is always doing them right now at, at Laker Tom on Twitter or at Lakerholics.com. You know, he had some over the weekend. So, you know, there's more trade proposals coming. But if LBJ even wanted out, uh, you know, especially with with uh, his son going to school at USC, I, I don't know. I don't even find that uh, close to being something that I think the Lakers would would even consider. But again, you know, if you're going to trade LBJ, you know, Gary, a, whatever you want to say about it, uh, it is still LeBron James, even at his, this late stage of his career is more valuable than DeJounte Murray or Rudy Gobert. And with both of those individuals, both those individuals got multiple picks. And in the case of Rudy Gobert, a substantial amount, obviously, you know, we benefited from that just by getting some of the players in that trade ultimately from Utah, but some of those players, a package, plus several picks. Just imagine what the Lakers would get or would ask for in a haul for LeBron James if LeBron James wanted to be traded. And Dallas, in the, in this case, does not even have enough assets to do so. They burned a lot of assets bringing Kyrie over from Brooklyn. So there's really no way that they could even con, you know construct a trade of this magnitude. So I know that there was a lot of people that were online going back and forth on it earlier this morning when Sham Sharania first reported, but I just think at this point in time, you know, it's something where this trade uh, or even the possibility of LeBron James to Dallas probably is not something that's even going to be able to exist or something that could even be feasibly happening because again, uh, you know, you just there's not enough assets involved that Dallas could ever muster up to go ahead and bring LeBron James in a, ta- in a trade. But getting back to what you were saying, Joe, you know, when it comes to what they could offer, San Antonio could for Austin Reeves, four for 100 sounds right. Four for 100 sounds probably what they would need to do to think that they could overbid the Lakers or outbid the Lakers. Again, there's a limitation on how much the Lakers can go ahead and, and uh, actually offer Austin Reeves because of what they, what they can, as far as his rookie contract, you can only allowed to go ahead so much over to uh, and an individual that that's uh, finishing up on a rookie contract. And again, this is one of the issues that I have with Ron Palenka and his, his foresight or lack thereof in developing talent and, and signing them to short, shortened contracts because of it. You know, it just seems like you're right. Uh, you know, if there's a situation where it becomes a bidding war, the Lakers could be bidded out of the market in this case. Well, I don't I don't think anyone anticipated Austin Reeves becoming what he became. I think they're not learning the lesson that their scouts are really good at plucking unknowns out and and, and building players that are formidable. Maybe they'll learn a lesson after this next pick in the 17th uh, or the 17th pick this in this draft, the Lakers have an interesting, an interesting uh, scenario here this next few months with, with whom they bring back at what price and 
who in terms of the young stars, I shouldn't say, sorry, not young stars, young up and coming players like a Max Christie and an Austin Reeves and uh, uh, Vanderbilt guys, guys that are still developing, still getting better or adjusting, I should say. I know Van Vando kind of fizzled out a little bit towards the end there, but you got to, you got to understand that these guys need to be coached up. These guys need to be put in better situations. Rui, I believe in the end, I don't think he's going to be anywhere near a $20, $25 million a yeah. year contract. I'd say maybe 12 to 15. Yeah. And if, 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 if Austin gets, let's say uh, San Antonio doesn't offer a 25 mil per max, let's say, uh, Austin signs with the Lakers for 18 or 17. That could mean a chance at signing Rui and still signing D'Angelo and obviously Vando. And that and that's really the the four that you would want with the current crop. I I know that some will disagree on the 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 D'Angelo signing, but we have to sign him because of contract purposes. And for those of you who've been watching this show, you know why. Yeah, and that's uh, something that's something they have to consider because uh, you know obviously as a player I don't want him back because of what he can and cannot do in the in there. But uh, I see as far as keeping the salary slot, uh, you know, as far as a financial move, it's either you use it or you lose it. There, there is no one that's going to sign Rui to a max contract at twenty five million. Uh, that Rui is not even a third star on a team. You don't pay that kind of money to a guy who might be a starter, might be a guy that comes off the bench. It's just not, especially with what's going on right now with the CBA, that those days are gone. This is going to be similar in terms of how the NBA is going to work. This is going to backfire in their face. They're going to create a have and have nots, very similar to kind of how an area that is overly populated in the country has either people who are very, very well off or those who are not doing very well. And the middle part is slowly dwindling away. That's, that's what the NBA is going to end up have turning into unless teams force themselves or players understand that they need to take a pay cut if they want to win a championship, which most players will not do that. It's very similar to the NFL, very similar to the NFL. Tom Brady took less money for many years because he knew that extra money needed to go elsewhere for him to be in Super Bowl contention. If you're going to max out everything to, to the till, then you're, you're going to have less money to go to places where you can get depth. And it's even worse in the NFL, obviously, because injuries there play a, an even bigger factor. So the NBA is starting to go that route, and it's it's, it, I think it's a stupid route that they're going to. I think they're they're overdoing it, and these guys that are going to get max contracts are going to probably end up costing their teams uh, championships in abundance. Like you're not going to see dynasties as much as you used to. You'd have to get lucky, like Golden State, and draft everyone, and then hope that. One of them has an ankle injury that doesn't go away. You sign them to a long-term deal that's not that high and then get lucky in finding 
a little loophole into free agency in, in, in one of those years where you happen to have one of the best players available. That's pretty much it. Uh, if you've noticed, other than Golden State, you haven't really been seeing too many. Uh, I mean, I know Cleveland could have been that that team, but you know the the working parts were 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 all over the place. Which was LeBron James. He went to Miami or left Cleveland, went to Miami, came back to Cleveland, went to LA. You're not going to have that 12, 13, 14 year run like you like San Antonio did, uh, or the Lakers had a little bit of when when Kobe and Shaq came together. Um, so we'll see what happens as far as, uh, somebody like, uh, uh, Jordan Poole, first of all, no, I, Jordan Poole, something happened in the summer that, that messed everything up over there. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that he got his money and he thought he was bigger than what he really was. He had a little bit of a run. He helped them win a championship. And then when, when, when you need to continue that continue that process, some people get lackadaisical and, and kind of rest on their laurels. And it looks like Jordan Poole was one of those guys. And unfortunately, you had Draymond Green that had to be the retaliator of that. And, 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 it, and it blew up even worse because Draymond has been a dead fish for two years. He's not he's he's not a he's he's just not effective. Let's just put it that way. And when someone is not effective and, and, and playing like he or, or talking and reacting like he is, it makes it makes it creates a lot of resentment. I think that kind of tailed into everything else. And Bob Myers noncommittal at the beginning of the year was a was probably a little bit of a spark there. This is Raphael from NBA Draft and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know, condolences to me. Wow, man. Right. I I just had talked about that and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. And the thing is, though, when it comes to Jordan Poole, uh, you know, because of his poor and inconsistent play in two playoffs, because you got to remember, he was kind of in and out. He did hit some decent shots during their title run, but he was also... 
his playing time was diminished greatly because of his uh, defensive uh, inequalities, his defensive lapses per se. So I think that uh, if somebody is going to trade for him, they're going to want a lot in return, especially because I think he still has like 120, 150 million dollars, something over 100 million dollars left on his contract that still has to be paid out. And with a, I mean, if they do sign Green, Draymond Green, you're talking about a salary that could approach 500 million dollars after all the taxes are paid off. So. I think that Golden State starting this summer will try to find ways to shed contracts and they're going to have to get out, give out a lot in return. People are going to be asking for first round picks or Kaminga in a trade if you want, want to give up pool. Uh, you're better off hoping that Draymond opts out and goes somewhere else. I think that, that, that time is done and I believe that's what's going to happen. I believe Draymond's agent's going to tell him, let's go somewhere else, get another couple of years of, of money. Spread it out a little bit, get a couple, maybe 10, 15 million more and and call it a career. You can go do your podcast and have all your spittle on, on the cameras there. The summer, this summer is going to be interesting in that you're going to, you're going to see, we're, we're going to probably find out a little bit more after the finals are over, uh, kind of which direction people are going to go. Denver doesn't win the championship. Denver is going to have have to make a decision on whether they're going to try to come back next year and ho- and stick with the same team, which I think they will. Miami, uh, they have a lot of large contracts, one being Tyler Hero, which today we found out uh, his hand is still swollen, which basically means he's not coming back in the finals. Yeah. And what, what happens there? Uh, is Duncan Robinson, even though he's been huge in this playoffs, if he continues and helps Miami win it, uh, how does that play out? And it's so funny because we're talking, we talked about a player such as Poole who was inconsistent, but still gave, uh, you know, enough to help Golden State in last year's uh, championship. Duncan Robinson last year in that title run, or actually the run that made him to the, uh, the Eastern Conference finals, he got benched and it was a DNP and just became a, a just, you know, based off matchups just was a liability. So he wasn't even even on the floor and looking at him now by out of sheer necessity, Miami's had to play him and he's performed very well. Yeah. It's, it's a Jekyll and Hyde kind of situation. Sometimes some, uh, I remember Ginobili. I, I actually put a lot of the blame on Ginobili in 2013. He had his worst series I've ever seen him play against the heat in the finals. Mm-hmm. He, he made so many bad mistakes and that can be correlated with what happened with D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo, the, the immediate reaction to most fan bases when a player doesn't have a good series is shoot him, kill him, and send them out to the, to see, well, that's a re- there's a reason why you're not a professional in this, in, in this industry, because you're a buffoon and you're a reactionist. And you should watch and yap on social media. And that's the extent of your talent. We can't go with those kind of thought processes when you have a system in place. Money's important in the system because that's what they collectively bargain for. So rather than listening to some, uh, what's looking like another hack in Shams Sharani or whatever the hell his name is, 
talking about something that's so asininely stupid. And I know asininely is not a word, but that's just, it just made sense saying it is, 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 is such a waste of energy and stupidity that now we got to get on here and, and kind of be drips and say how, how dumb of a conversation this is. Let's talk about stuff that's realistic. Enough of the fantasy. If you want to watch fantasy, go watch the fast movies and watch people fly in the air, go into cars and not have a nick on them. Go watch that stuff if you want fantasy. This is real life. The but NBA, I told you, well, I told you we would be, you know, whether we liked it or not, be discussing all aspects of the uh, Lakers universe rumors and you went. I'm going to discuss it and I'm going to make sure that there's venom that's spitting it. That's there, there needs to be venom on this because it needs to stop. It is stupid and is a waste of time and it's wasting my time. And if you know, you, Gerald, you know me, there's one thing that I cannot stand is my number one pet peeve in my life is stop. Don't ever waste my time because guess what guys you can always make more money. You can always make new arrangements. You can always buy a new car, a new house, a new, whatever you cannot get time back. No matter how much money you have, time keeps going. Don't waste my mother effing time. This was a waste of my time to start the show with a stupid rumor like this. Or that's not even a rumor. It's just a stupid thing to have people talk about. So the, the summer is going to be focused on the Lakers' decision-making that only involves them. Unless someone comes to them and says, one of my stars wants out. What do you got for me? Well, who's the star? Is that star worth getting to maybe give LeBron and AD a shot at winning one more title in their in their time? That's that's a discussion we're going to have to wait to see what happens. It's probably not going to happen this summer. I don't see anybody that's disgruntled. How you gonna, how is Damian Lillard disgruntled or Bradley Beal disgruntled when they're making sixty million dollars? In their career, in, in a year that no one's going to be disgruntled at that point. Well, Lillard that. was is forty five to start off with, and then it builds to sixty by his yeah. thirty age thirty six year. Yeah. Is that? I mean, if you get him, you better hope on plan on winning now. And that's the thing when you build these super three teams, like let's say the one that's proposed by you know Shram Sharanian that uh, Kyrie supposedly wants because he wants his five year max and he wants to bring his old buddy old friend LeBron to Dallas to play alongside the him and Luca and all that. And who would you have left? You would have a bunch of minimum contracts. Same thing the Lakers did when they got themselves stuck with Russell Westbrook. And you saw that albatross of his contract literally just, just handcuffed this organization to hoping and, and praying that, that, Oh, okay. This guy, this, this journeyman who, you know, had some promise at one time, maybe we'll sign him on this $1 million contract and maybe we'll be able to go ahead and get something good out of, you know, maybe, you know, we were, we would see that time and time again, Joe, with, when we tried to build a big three, I have not seen it work out in such a long time since the golden state days. But that was because of something, an anomaly as far as the way the CBA and also the, the TV structure and how that built, and they were able to capitalize on it. That's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. You're not going to be able to do that this time around. Well, uh, comparing Lillard to Westbrook is is not a good comparison. And Lillard is 
the way the the playoffs. I'm, play t- I'm out, talking about the concept of building a big three. You're not really building a big three. What you're doing is you're trying to win a championship one more time before LeBron retires. Well, that's, that's in this case. To me, that's yeah. not building a three a uh, a uh, 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 dream team of three people. That that's not the case. You're trying to get your. The Lakers proved that you can get into the playoffs, squeak into it, so has Miami, and make make a run, right? And that's probably what's going to happen more and more now with parity being in there. So if you can get Damian Lillard, I'm not. This is not going to happen. I'm just saying, if you get a Damian Lillard type as your third guy going into the 23-24 season, or you can get him at the deadline. You have a chance at winning a championship with that guy because I want you to imagine LeBron doing what, how, playing how he played in this year's uh, in this year's uh, playoffs and AD, but add Damian Lillard instead of D'Angelo Russell. Tell me how how things would have changed in that Denver series. It would have been astronomical. We probably go up three one with yeah. with Damian Lillard hitting those shots. But let's say you try to go and get a Damian Lillard. You can't keep an Austin Reed. You can't get you can't go get those guys. That has to be done. That has to be demanded by the by him. Yeah. There's no way the Lakers are gonna be able to go get anyone ever at this point. There's just that's not gonna happen. They they need someone demanding, hey, I'm going to LA, but who what leverage does Damian Lillard have? What leverage does Bradley Beal have? Their contracts don't end for until the the end the next century. So there's no one really there that has any leverage. I don't know anyone that's going into their last – what superstar is going into his last season or last uh, year of his contract next year? I don't know any of I don't, I don't know anyone. But that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. I mean, let's say Giannis, who isn't in the last year of his contract. If he wanted out now, I mean, that would be his option. I mean, that's something that he could ask for, the front office. The Lakers would have to make a decision on sending AD to Milwaukee if that were the choice, because that would be the only logical Yeah, because logistically, financially, you're, that's what you have to do. And that's but what Lakers I'm don't have any assets. What do they have, yeah. the 29th pick and then the 17th pick? So that would have to happen now. I think but... they could start – I think they could talk about the, the – what, the 31 pick? I don't know. I just You're getting too far yeah, down no. the road. Yeah, no, no. Look, this, 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 this thing has to be done organically at this point because that's just the way it is. The Lakers need to hit on 17. If they can hit on 17, that changes a lot of things. And what I mean by getting getting that pick, whoever that is, if they're somehow a 3 and D type player, they've hit the jackpot there. And then you sign Austin Reeves, you sign Vando, and then you hope that you can get lucky and, and, and get Austin Reeves at, at, at 17 or 18 mil per for four years and then maybe give it a shot if you want to go after Rui. But I, I don't see Rui coming back. I just don't see their, them having enough money to get him. So I think what's going to end up happening is you're going to get the 17th pick coming in. Uh, I think Max Christie has some potential to where he might be a, a rotational player next year. And then you're going to have D'Angelo back uh, with his performance in the Western Conference Finals. I think they might get lucky and not – have to pay him 25 to 30 mil maybe they can get lucky and pay him 80 for four that would be that would work i think i would be okay with that get vando and then see what happens after that um well then again who is signing you're just signing for a slot who's actually bidding on d'angelo russell for that type of money good question 
don't you're know. You're bidding against yourself is what you're bidding. Against. I don't, I don't, I think they're going to just let the market dictate what D'Angelo could get. If D'Angelo, somebody drops 20 mil per to D'Angelo for four years, he goes, or maybe he comes back and says, hey, can you give me 25? Can you give me 25 for four? If they say no, if it's a place like Houston that says 20 million is worth more here than them paying you 25 mil, don't be surprised if he gets a contract from the from the Rockets. Don't don't get surprised if some if the Rockets drop 25 mil for 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 four years for him. If that happens, there is a really good chance the Lakers would lose him. Now well, let me pro- ask you this though. Let me ask you this. And Search is actually asking the question I want to ask you. So you don't think the Lakers can retain Austin Reeves and Rui Hashimura both? You think it's uh, not if if not if I'm going I'm saying this because of Jeannie's tight budget relative to her her budget, right? Yeah. If Austin, if you have to pay Austin 25 mil, there's not a chance in hell that they're going to be able to sign Rui. Not even for 12 to 15. Mm-hmm. No. And then, but the thing is, if you'd sign those two players, you wouldn't sign. I don't see them signing D'Angelo. And that's, that's what I'm waiting on. If they get, if they sign Rui and Austin Reeves, that means they're not signing D'Angelo. I would be all broken up about that. Not. Well, the issue with that is he still has a, he still has a certain talent that that's needed, which is he he's a ball handling shooter who can I, turn I understand it on. That, Joe. But as I said before, I think he's at a very precarious point in his career where if he regresses any further, you're talking about someone who is not a, no longer a starting point guard or starting caliber point guard in the NBA. Well, that would de- depend on what you consider regressing. Do you feel like he regressed in the Denver series, or was he exposed? And our and if you're a coach, and if you're an organization that feels like maybe we can fix some of these issues, whether it's a particular team defensive setup that would help him, or maybe there's a way to coach him up to where he doesn't have to rely right. on his inconsistencies were prevalent throughout the playoffs. He was like an up and down more. He was up and down more than a roller coaster. You saw this firsthand. Yeah. I, I but I said this before there, there's, there's a collective bargaining agreement that they've made that makes teams pay guys for several reasons. One major one being, are you willing to risk losing that money for future acquisitions? And the fact that if you can get him to play like D'Angelo's supposed to play half the season, that's that's something you do need, especially if you don't bring in anybody of significance in terms of star power. You're going to need D'Angelo's skill set to preserve LeBron James during the regular season. So would you prioritize signing D'Angelo or would you prioritize signing Rui and Austin? Priority is Austin number one. And then number two is uh, Vando, Vanderbilt. Well, Vando, you just pick up his $4.3 million yeah, contract. Yeah, that's that's that, the first two I do. And then at that point, figure out what, what the next step is. I I don't 
my 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 ignorant side of my mind on the D'Angelo thing says let him go, but we lose that money and now we're we're out. We're right back where we were before. Where nothing changes if we don't sign it. If we don't sign him, there's not going to be more money available to go do whatever you want to do. So it's it's a it's a, a lot of ways it's a kind of so a. So do no, you let Rui walk if that's the case? Do we need his skill set or do we need D'Angelo's skill set during the regular season? I, I'm I'm sorry. I mean, I know Rui has been inconsistent as well. We've talked about this. I mean, we're talking about role players and role players, but even to an extent, Austin Reeves was inconsistent. Check out his uh, early season numbers. His early season numbers were atrocious. And, you know, it wasn't until, you know, December, January that we started to see, you know, him progress to the point where we saw him just elevate his game to a whole new level by the end of the season. And obviously what we saw with the playoffs. So, I mean, when you're talking about role players, you know, consistency is something that's going to be hard for any of these players to continue. So I don't know. I, I just see the bigger upside and the bigger, uh, pluses with Rui because he's a you know six seven six eight, he he's he's got a he's got a big body, but yet he can run the floor. Uh, I don't know about his consistency hitting the three point shot because yes, while he did such a tremendous job of it in the postseason, his regular season numbers are obviously not that flattering as from the outside. But he looks like he has a good stroke. It looks like it's something that can be developed over time to be a. 35% shooter as far as from, you know, during the regular season. And again, his size and the skill set, what he brings true. He needs to work on his finishing as well, but defensively, you know, he was trying to hold his own against Jokic about as well as you could with any, you know, as anybody has. You better make a call. You better make that right. The call right on that one. If he gets signed and he plays like Rui did when he first arrived. Now Over you're Washington. Yeah, now you're gonna you're gonna be called a, a, a schmuck and and don't know That's how to evaluate I, talent. Yeah. The problem is we can't lose a guard right now with LeBron going into his last couple of years. Rui can't play guard. He can't ball control the, the, an offense. He can't he can't he can't shoot from three at you know at will <laughs> i mean i i know he played well and shot well during uh during the playoff run but he's not a ball handling guard who can affect the game and d'angelo does affect the game when he's on it's just that he had a terrible conference finals appearance all four games but it's it's a, it's a very difficult call if you if you if you go d'angelo way or Rui, it's going to come down to which one comes through? If they don't, if, if they don't come through, then then you're 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 the terrible decision maker. If they do come through, then you get credit for it. But this is definitely going to be one of those hindsight's twenty twenty situations. I don't know which which way to go. My instincts tell me to sign D'Angelo because you need his particular skill set to preserve LeBron during the regular season. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout. But we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. And we're back to the Lakers Fast Break. It's Joe Soro along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Gary A says uh, Lakers aren't or can't fill at the holes to title contend. Lakers are basically the Clippers with two load managing superstars. Your thoughts on that comment? Pretty dumb comment calling a, the Lakers a Clipper of anything. The Clippers are a miserable, disgusting loser franchise. And the fact that you mentioned the Clippers and the Lakers sentence is, a, is, is insulting. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. The Clippers will never be the Lakers. The Lakers will never be the Clippers. I don't care how many times the Clippers beat them in the regular season. You saw what happened when the Clippers got to the playoffs. They fizzled. They died just like they've done for the last 50 years. Who's one of the, Who were the players? Who were the stars that stayed upright, kind of? And who were the ones that... At least actually- LeBron, at least LeBron and AD played through broken or destroyed feet. Okay, at least they did that. You know, I, we said this during the regular season. We were upset. We were. I was upset that these guys weren't playing hard. Well, guess what? It changed. Whatever they did, they listened. They played through the pain. They played their butts off. They made it all the way to the Western Conference Final with a team that they only knew for a couple months. I'm not hanging my hat on that, but if you're looking at it from a common sense standpoint, that's a hell of a freaking ending, you know, getting to the Western Conference Finals, being a seventh seed, beating the champs at the time, beating a second seed. That's that 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 they showed their grit. They they ran out of gas at the end. And now we're talking about how we need to make sure that you put enough young guys on this team, guys that can be effective. Yeah, they're not gonna the angel might not be the the, the third star that you want, but so what? You need to make sure that if you want to really go out there and win a championship or try and win a championship next year, you cannot play LeBron James more than 30 minutes a game. It's that simple. AD, you just let AD, let, let, let things play out how you want with AD. AD is 30 years old. AD can play 70 to 80 games. He can play hard all the way through. You just got to hope he doesn't get injured. And if that happens, we're in good shape. But that's something we have to wait and see. LeBron is the problem. LeBron cannot play more than 30 minutes a game ever again. And if you can do that during the regular season and you get into the playoffs relatively with some good mojo and a good seed, you have a shot at winning the championship because then you would have allowed LeBron to rest and let him go after one last run. 
could be another one after that, but for sure next year. I think next year is probably the last one. I agree with you. I think, you know, last year is going to be the year that we can get an, any type of any appearance of any top level LeBron of, for any amount of time. I just think that at, beyond this, you're asking for, I think, a little bit too much in his year 40 season. That would be that. I think that's asking quite a bit. Lakers are like the Clippers. What a freaking joke. Make me <laughs> laugh already. <laughs> Joe has not been in a good mood since I sent this topic to him uh, earlier today in regards to what Sham Sharania was supposedly reporting that uh, Kyrie Irving has reached out to LeBron James, his good friend, and asked if he wanted to go ahead and join up with him in Dallas. Again, it's just to me, it sounds like a power play about how Kyrie Irving wants to get his cake and eat it too. He wants his five-year max contract knows that the Dallas Mavericks is the only team that wants to or that can give him that kind of money. And it just seems like if that's the case, and he actually did make the call requesting LeBron come over to Dallas, I think that's just a, a wishful sign by him that he wants his cake and eat it too. I don't even know what that means. This has to be a joke. Kyrie's not stupid. He knows this is not going to happen. Why would he even talk about it? <laughs> Adam's uh, asking about uh, the. Well, Adam, I, I was reading that. Sorry, uh, I, I wanted to first say that before I answered Adam's comment. Adam, the reason why, if, if you had, if you had LeBron James twenty twenty in in the this Denver series, the Lakers would have won the series. LeBron couldn't move. LeBron had to pace himself more than ever before. If you look at Game Four when the Lakers were up fifteen at the half. LeBron was 2020 LeBron, but then what happened to him in the second half? Couldn't move. He 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 got out all his energy out. He couldn't, couldn't do it. So whether he's playing 48 minutes, when you say someone's played 48 minutes, are they efficient 48 or 44 or 46 minutes? No, no. He was good for 24 minutes and he fizzled. Um, that's the word of the day. He fizzled in the second half. And what happened to the Lakers? They fizzled. LeBron is the engine. LeBron is the engine of this team. No matter how good the AD is, LeBron is the engine. Why? Because he can get to the hole when he's effective at will, and it breaks the other team's will. I know this because I watched Shaquille O'Neal do it for many years. When you can get to the basket and guarantee two points more and more and more, it demoralizes the other team because you can't stop. That's it. I'll tell you what, though, some great conversation here. Joe Sorrell, once again, right here is Ox9247, disproving any kind of rumor that LeBron could be heading off to Dallas, but also providing some sound context on LeBron and hopefully a good way to end his career and also still find a way that the Lakers can go ahead and contend and for a title, much less the Western Conference. Uh, I think that it's still going to be a nice free-for-all come the fall my friend and if the lakers can make the right moves i think that the lakers have every chance to compete at a high level next season but you're right it all comes down to who do we prioritize or who does genie and rob prioritize on resigning or extending and who does and who do they not and let them walk away it's a successful it's a su successful summer if you get austin reeves back and at least get D'Angelo or Rui Beck? I would like all three, 
but I don't know if that's realistic. But it, it's it's just one of those things where you can't have every guy there. It's just not going to happen. What I think is really important, especially with the Lakers' ability to garner young talent, is they. I'm I'm really going to be paying attention to draft day. I want that 17 pick to be a very, very important player. That could be huge, huge right off the bat. If that guy is the guy that we need, the guy that's doing what he needs to do for this team to make them competitive, that 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 goes further than any of these other decisions. I really believe that. And I think that's something that they need to focus on and then – if they can get a veteran player, hopefully some kind of a backup center that can help uh, AD in the summer, I'd say that's probably the next most important decision. So let me ask you this. And BZ808, thanks so much for joining us. If you have not signed up and you've not subscribed with us already, please do so to get the latest notifications and when we go live on the air right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But thank you so much for watching. Got a great question from him, and I really actually want to give him a big compliment. What do you think of maybe trading for DeMar DeRozan? Thank so you. Get this. So get this. So get this, my friend, because I just looked it up. Twenty-eight million on the last year of his deal. It's not an extended deal. It's a twenty-eight years of his last deal. That's the plus. It is his age thirty-four season, but it is only twenty-eight-six, which is in the range of what you could do as far as a sign and trade. Maybe for D'Angelo Russell because of the fact that, that, you know, Chicago has kind of a point guard issue with, you know, a certain ball that's going to be possibly now forced into retirement because of a bad knee issue. Your thoughts on that, my friend? Thank you, BZ. Thank you. Thank you. You should take Sham's job (laughs) at this point. Great comment. That is realistic. That is something that could happen. Now, the only part that's going to be tough is why would Chicago take D'Angelo? That question would have to be kind of answered in a way where what kind of assets are the Lakers willing to give up to do that trade, which is what Chicago is going to be looking for. That would be something I think could be discussed for sure, for sure. And boy, he would help. (laughs) DeMar DeRozan would help immensely. So I would I would love to hear more stuff coming from that if there is something out there. Hometown the guy, USC. More than that is Fight that, on. more than that is his skill set would be very a welcome, just a a, a, a welcome to, to this team. He would put so much pressure off LeBron scoring. He can shoot. He can he's a veteran. He's 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 been in heavy playoff games. The guy, the guy would be at least for one more year for sure an effective player. Think uh, Kyle Lowry, but a little bit better. Mm-hmm. That's that's who he would be. A little bit better than Kyle Lowry. A little bit more size, not that much, but a little bit more. But I think that would be huge if the Lakers could somehow surprise and and get somebody of that caliber for next year with a good pick at seventeen and somehow package him and whatever uh, D'Angelo whatever to get him. That would be great, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know why Chicago would make that that deal. I, I, it, something would have to come up financially for Reinsdorf and, and, and company to say, look, we just want to, you know, lessen the the 
lessen the contracts. Let's say we do this, we do that. I don't know. I, that, that, but I, that's a great one. I, I, I got to admit that that's a, that's something I would love for to, to, to investigate. Because I know Nikola Vucevic, we talked about, I think it was mentioned on the last show in regards to him being a possibility, uh, maybe for playing alongside AD. I know that's something that was talked about in regards to that because of, you know, his ability as far as a guy, big guy that can rebound, uh, stretch the floor a little bit. But I know you don't care about that option per se, but it at least allows uh, AD to go ahead and roam the paint while he would stay on the outside. But I think uh, when it comes to what BZ808 is saying, I, I, I th- really think as far as the, the draft from what I've seen of, and what I've studied, I know I haven't spent as much time as our my good friends Rafael Barlow from the Locked On NBA Draft podcast and also as well the Upside Swings NBA Draft podcast, Stone Hansen. Both of those guys are all over the place when it comes to Derek Lively the second. I kind of think he fits the need, but he also, it isn't too much of a reach for him. Uh, I think at that size, at that area, at 17, I think at number 17, you've got to go ahead and maybe consider that, that you might want to take a little bit of reach there. Although, when you look at Tankathon and who they have as a, as a mock draft, Bryce Sensabaugh, who I saw quite a bit of at Ohio State, you know, I saw a lot of footage of him, and Leonard Miller, who I saw from the G League as well, those two players are right around there, and those two would add size and also skill as well as Derek Lively. The second, Bryce Sensabaugh, as far as the shooting and scoring mentality, I think that Joe would love about that. So, again, the options are there. I've heard Derek Lively, you know, according to Rafael Barlow, might be as high as 10. You know, it's, he's fast rising up the charts, being the only seven-footer really on that back end of the lottery. And then you see him as low as 25, uh, 23, 25 in some mock drafts. And I, I know that uh, Stone Hansen's not very high on him. So, Joe, I mean, have you – yeah, I know you're very eager to understand exactly what's going on when it comes to the draft and what players uh, that the Lakers might have at options that they have at 17 and 47, because you see that the Lakers, because of the changes in the roster that have to be made, unfortunately, due to contract issues and the CBA and the requirements and the taxes and all that, that how important hitting the players in this draft really is. The Lakers have... The Lakers' ability the last few years in, 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 in getting massively effective players, not even in the draft, has made a huge impact in their ability to win. You can't say that Austin Reeves didn't have a huge impact in the Lakers going on this deep run in his second season. This is an undrafted player. Someone who wasn't supposed to be athletic enough to play this game. Someone who didn't know how to shoot. David, uh, David, I keep saying David Caruso. Um, Alex Caruso. Where's my sunglasses? Looks like me. Got our man. Yes. <laughs> uh, I still Alex look, when, every time. Well, hold on, hold on. I every you see? Do you see my meme that I post to every time? I my my yeah. my yeah. I yeah. I was doing the one where he's walking away and the car blows up. Yeah, it's good. Like, it's a good one. I that they that that was a parody of its own. That's that they they kind of rolled with it, kind of like the fast game fast movies. They just kept getting. Exactly. They turned them into street car racers, and then they became James Bond everywhere. I, I think we've got ourselves. A murderer. A murderer. <laughs> uh, Jim Carrey had a really good. Uh, I think he was on Letterman or Leno, and he he had a 
he did an imitation of that. It was pretty good. The the uh, the Lakers have been extremely good at picking these guys, and they've made a massive difference in winning the championship 2020 and going deep in the playoffs this year. So to say that the 17th pick couldn't be something that could be extremely valuable for the Lakers would be not really paying attention to what's been going on. That's 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 where my gut is at right now. I, I feel that the Lakers are going to keep Reeves no matter what because the noise is already out there. They're going to keep them. They're going to keep them, which is good. If we lost everybody else, it would suck. Yes, money-wise it would suck. Talent-wise it would suck. Depth-wise. But Austin's the guy that you really need to make sure is back. And then you need to hit on 17. And you need to hit on who you get for the MLE. You know, if there was some miracle we could get Brooke Lopez for that, uh, that would change everything. Because that would be exactly who you want playing with AD at the moment with the realistic chance at getting him at a, at a number that might might work. Vucevic is too young. He's going to get a lot of money, so there's no chance of that happening. And he's likely going to stay in Chicago. Uh, what happens after that in Chicago will be interesting because, you know, there's some players on there that we do like. Obviously, Alex Caruso, obviously DeMar DeRozan. If there's something there, I don't know. <laughs> I might be I might be just kind of in fantasy land with that, but we are discussing it. And as far as Lonnie Walker, now that BZ mentioned him, uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Lonnie Walker. I think that will depend on what happens with Angel. I don't think he's staying. I mean, his time. Well, if D'Angelo Russell, if D'Angelo Russell doesn't sign, if we don't sign Rui, maybe there's a shot we keep Lonnie Walker. That's only if he can't find greener pasture somewhere else. Because remember, he is not. He probably is not thrilled about how long he sat down on the bench and got DNP'd. Uh, I really have a feeling he's there's. That's going to be an issue with him. And, it, you know, the same thing could happen again if he comes back to the Lakers. Yeah, but, you know, it's been one year. There was a lot of turmoil going on. There was a lot of headaches with Westbrook and the other buffoon that we sent to Orlando. But he was but, playing with one of those buffoons, yeah, it, it, as you call them. The, 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 the great thing is, Patrick Beverly, by the way, you know, just, I just prefer not to say his name, but, it, you know, it is what it is. Okay, somebody didn't know what I was talking about. The the Lakers and Darvinham are going to have a training camp where they're going to be able to ramp up this season to something versus going into the going into training camp kind of disjointed. And that is another positive. They're gonna go into this season probably looking at it going guys this is the last true season where we can get lebron and ad to go after a title so let's put the best possible team together here let's hit on 17 let's bring back the guys that are really really important let's try to figure out a way to get maybe one or two more veterans on this team that could be very effective in a title run and let's go let's go see what we can do one thing I do want to ask you before we head on out, my friend BZ808, who's uh, had some great questions. Uh, Joe, if we don't re-sign Lonnie, does Max have a more role this season? Oh, I absolutely! Max, I think I he think, has a role, anyways. Yeah, and, that's and that that might play that might that might play into him not coming back, anyways. They're like, well, if we sign Lonnie, then we're kind of not really giving Max a, a shot at at, uh, at being the guy that we that we think has some talent. I absolutely 
I'm sure Max Christie is going to going to be a player that's going to be involved, especially if his shot starts to go in. If Max's shot goes in, because he's shown that he can play some defense and he's got length and he even grew a couple inches this year. If he can put in the work this summer, play well during training camp and hopefully hit, you know, 35, 36% of his threes. Oh, I could definitely see him being a, a rotational player. And I would welcome, that would be a welcome sight, man. If we can get that guy to start hitting shots, boy, that would, that would, certainly make things much easier for everyone uh, in case we don't get the exact talent that we want in the off season. I'll tell you what, my friend, everything is in full swing. Rumor bills are out and about trade scenarios are out and about mock drafts are out and about my friend. I was just talking to the greatest chat room that's out there, the Lakers fast break. And I wanted to go ahead and say that Bryce since his name from Oklahoma, Ohio state he from Ohio State is actually all over the place. I see him everywhere as high as 15, and I see him as low as 31. So even a great score like that because of his size issues. I know that Stone mentioned when we talked to him last week, this you know constitutes some uh, hesitancy, and maybe that's why he's not risen up as well on some mock drafts as, as some others. But, yeah, a lot of things to think about, my friend, as we head into this period with uh, the finals now notched up at one heading back to Miami. Uh, I really think though, if, if, as Adam says, if Austin stays at shooting guard, we're stacked at shooting guard. Yeah. That won't be a priority in the draft. If we keep on, if we are planning to keep on Austin, that's something I think that will show whoever we draft, I think is really going to go ahead and and showcase exactly who we're going to prioritize in retaining and who we're probably going to prioritize not retaining during this offseason. But my friend, before we head on out, uh, I do want to go ahead and mention the NBA Finals. I want to go ahead and mention that it's heading back to Miami here on Wednesday. Uh, your thoughts, my friend, on this? Uh, pulled off a, a really strong fourth quarter to get a, you know, a three-point win, which at times looked like it was going to be them pulling away from Denver, who massively uh, choked pretty much say that as far as they had an eight point lead going to the fourth quarter and they just gave it all up right away and never came back and Jokic despite scoring so much it's the same thing that we talked about you know heading into the series with the Lakers that can you make Jokic a score but hurt him on his his fact that he's facilitating as well can you get the other guys especially Murray to go ahead and get them off their game. And actually Miami did in that second half, just that. I don't know. This term, just because you lose doesn't mean you choked. Denver just couldn't look at the difference between KCP and the Lakers series versus now. He hasn't been playing well. When the guys aren't making their shots, that's what happens. If you want to call it choking, that's fine. But it's not choking. Okay. Miami's a very formidable team. There's a reason why I picked Miami to beat Denver in October. I can't believe no one caught that. I had to actually finally tell you guys this last week. There's a reason why I picked Miami is because they have they have something that it's just not seen very often. And it's they've just got this belief that they they're gonna win. I mean, it's truly believable. Like, it's they believe it. They don't care if they're down eight. They don't care if they're down 0-3. 
they always have the mindset that we're going to win it. And Spolstra just has this knack of plugging anybody in and making them effective. And it's working. If Miami wins game three, that's when this series really gets interesting. Because if Denver ends up winning game three, I think we're right back to what we talked about before, where I wouldn't be surprised if Denver wins in, in five, uh, winning both in Miami and winning in Denver. But Miami, if they win game three, now Denver, I think, starts to press. And Mike Malone, Mike Malone doesn't seem a, like a guy that can't be unhinged. And if your coach is constantly unhinged, that's a bad sign, especially if they lose game three. Because now he's going to start whining and crying about the Lakers again on why they keep talking about the Lakers. Well, Mike, you're the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets have won diddly poo their entire existence in the NBA. That's why no one gives two craps about your Denver Nuggets. I don't care if you beat the Lakers one series out of eight. Same with the, the, the Clippers. You guys beat us four out of four. You've been beating us all over. Win a championship and then realize that you're still 16 titles away. How about that? Okay. Your whining and your crying is affecting your team. Just know that. You lose game three, now you're really in trouble. Now you're really, your your, your little thing is going to be like this now. Now you're not going to even see any, any air. So clean up your act, win game three, get back home court, and then I'll take you seriously a little bit. And you know who I'm rooting for, G. You know, I, I it's on tape. You heard me say it. How nice would it be if, 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 it, if you know, I, I admitted that when the Lakers were about to play Denver, I admitted that I was lying to, to, to give that positive reinforcement. I didn't think the Lakers were going to get swept, but I, I didn't feel like they were going to beat the Denver Nuggets. Not, not this particular year. Anyways, I just, there was too many chinks in the armor and the, the Denver Nuggets eventually exploited it. And that's what happened. So, we're going to get a chance to see here in the next few days uh, if the if the Nostradamus comes through, and we'll, we'll go from there. Oh, my gosh. I'll never hear the end of it, that's for sure. Uh, but for me? Yeah. When, when do I ever brag about what I do? All the time. About what? Everything. Like what? Uh, how 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 your good your life is, how good this is, how good that is, how successful you are, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, weren't you called narcissistic on this show by by a fan? Yeah. By an audience member? Yeah. 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 It is what it is. It is what it is. Indeed. But I, 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 I think you're wrong in that I didn't mention my picks. I didn't say, I'm just saying. No one know. mentioned my picks. No one mentioned your picks. I said, I meant, no, I, you didn't mention. I remember. I remember you distinctly. I did mention that you. you I had picked Denver to go to the final, but no one mentioned Miami. No, no, no. That, no one that, mentioned that, that. That's the big one. I forgot. I just remember Denver. You forgot is not good enough. You're well, not I'm doing sorry. your homework. I've done 600 and some odd shows. I don't care what you've done, man. You got to remember that stuff. You know what? And if you I was bragging, if you I was a bragger, remember that. So if you if I was a braggart, I remember I, my picks. I would have said this. Yours. I would have said this way before I said it. You, you know that because you even forgot it. 
why would I forget it? I I, I made the picks. You we focused on Denver. We never focused on the Miami part. Yeah, but that's a big one, isn't it? Miami beating Denver in the finals, and they're in the finals. Come on, no, you, ne- you you never touched on the Miami part of it again. No, because I wanted to see if anybody was paying attention. You forgot yourself. <sighs> <laughs> One last thing I want to say is uh, Mike Malone uh, really ripped on his players for their effort. He says uh, that's fine. That's fine. It's the other stuff that he does. Of course, you rip on your own team. That's that's what you're supposed to do as a coach. You know, you you know make them make them accountable. But it's so, the oh, other. Okay, so you're 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 in the you're in his camp and the uh, Ime Udoka way of doing it, as opposed to the Joe Mazzulla, the nice nice blame it all on me type deal. Well, the, the, those two different types of styles really, if you if you compared them, really didn't matter. They they pretty much ended the same way. At the end of the day, Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown and uh, the Marcus Smarts they, they they need to make shots and and do what do what you're supposed to do, and they they unfortunately can't seem to turn the corner there. Well, we'll see what happens there. Again, game three is on Wednesday. Uh, truly appreciate everyone out here being a great part of what we do as far as the Lakers fast break community. Again, I think that we should just disregard those rumors when it concerns Sham Sharania and, and, you know, saying about what's going on with Kyrie Irving and making the phone call to LeBron James. I don't think we should put really any too much stock in that. There's just no way logistically it would happen. Even if LeBron wanted to go there, you would have to pull off a massive trade and Dallas just does not have enough assets to even come close to making some type of uh, deal such as that. But my friend, I know that I'm going to try and reach out to Laker Nick. I got a conversation with him coming up in the next couple of days. I know we got more conversations of our own as well, but any last comments before we head on out, my friend? Yes. Uh, stop reading tabloid bs if you guys want the real news you guys want legitimate information and when i say legitimate information legitimate things that are going to happen legitimate things that are common sense come to the lakers show called the lakers fast break and we'll tell you and we'll call out the clowns we'll call out those who have to tabloid their information because they're hacks because they have no talent to garner relevant information. So they have to make stuff up or they have to enhance something that's so dumb that people start talking about how dumb it is. And that's how they get you. Just like they got us tonight. Gerald pulled it out of me and I didn't want to do it, but it is what it is. (laughs) I told you last week, I said, no matter, you know, what's going on, if it's the talk of the Lakers, no matter how dumb, or stupid it is, we're going to go ahead and discuss it. Yes, it was a tabloid headline by me, and I know that Scarlet and Blue was all up in arms saying, ah, you can't post stuff like that. Well, you know what? That's what it is out there. You know, you're know, going to see about three or five or seven or ten more Lakers podcasts posting something similar, so don't hate the messenger. Hate the guy who posted no, well, the you, you, you continue to allow them to keep doing that when you keep talking about it. That's uh, what I'm sir, it caused a, Hey, it got a good conversation from you and I. Not really, yeah. but I was more talking about the Lakers' realistic stuff. Than yeah, but 
uh, just hearing you rant and rant and calling Sham yeah. Sharani of this and that. That yeah, yeah that's yeah. what they want to hear. That's what they want to hear. Good, you know good. it. Good. They got it. They need. They got their. They need Joe to be Joe. I'll always be me, even when I'm not. <laughs> Fair enough, indeed. But it is Joe Soro. Please go ahead and check out Joe as he knows himself at LakersBall.com. Plus, he could really use your help. Go ahead. He's not busy enough at his job at simblaze.com. He's only got jobs all day long. He doesn't have a thing to go after midnight. So please, if you want to, you know, to go ahead and give him more work, please go ahead and do so today by going ahead and reaching out to him at simblaze, simblazewithawide.com. And he actually does a really good work. I've seen his work. It's right there. It's, it's plastered on his site. You know, you can say all you want about Joe and this and that and his opinions and this and that. But you take a look at simblades.com and you got to say it's damn good. Okay. It is damn good. And there's something coming Wednesday that's going to be, could be even bigger. Uh, I don't talk a lot about it enough. I do talk to you about this, Gerald. But uh, our, our trailer for our video game that I've invested in is going to come out Wednesday. And uh, it's called Corrupt. So I will send out a link. Or once the link comes out, I believe it's going to, Go via go go live at around nine a.m. Wednesday. I'll, nine a.m. Uh, our time, I think at nine a.m. Yeah. probably East Coast because that's yeah. when they usually do nine a.m. our time, which is twelve o'clock. Um, really, East Coast. that's a little yes. late. Wow. Yeah, because it usually goes out early for the ones I get when I get it could, all. It could, days. it could, it could, but um. Well, I'm just saying my because my experience because I get a whole bunch for the Cosmos. I get a whole bunch of these video game trailers sent to me, and they always send it like the these uh, rep companies. They always send me like early, early in the morning. Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting response. Where I haven't been talking about a lot, I haven't been talking about it a lot because I want to make sure that the content is it's kind of speaks for itself. Because in this business, there's always a hurry up and wait situation. You talk to certain publishers, you sign with certain publishers, and then. The first two publishers don't really do what they're supposed to do. Then you got to go to the third one and the third one finally comes through and then you're developing and then you're putting stuff out there that actually has some merit to show. And then after that, you start seeing, you know, other trailers of other characters in the game and then hopefully eventually a live action feed of, of, of the cinematics and things like that. So that's what's coming right now. How this develops will we'll, we'll, we'll TBA it at the moment, but there's a lot of positive things going on. My part is on the business side and the investment side and the support side. My paranoia in the in the deal is always there. That's that's when it's this business. This business is very shrewd and run by a lot of um, scumbags. So my job is to help guide and make sure that whatever deal gets thrown our way is a deal that will allow us to continue to flourish and create the content and get it to a point where maybe it could be something that could be next level. And that's, that's where it's at. As far as the development development side, as far as how the 3d animation and all that stuff goes, I, I, I know very little and I do hear about how it works, but it's, that's the extent of my expertise on that. My, my, my job. You won't here, code. I won't see you getting behind. Coding the, is uh, not. Yeah. Coding would, would, wouldn't be something that I would do, okay. but there's extremely talented uh, people that are involved in this. And 
it's going to be our job, the people at the top, that to, to make sure that whatever deal does come our way, that we uh, we get it in a way where we're able to continue to make it the best product possible. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, looking forward to it with Street Fighter Six that just came out, which is garnering great reviews with Mortal Kombat 1 coming out later this year, which we still haven't seen any gameplay of that yet, just a cinematic trailer, which absolutely excites me to no end. Actually, and I'm being very facetious when I say that because no gameplay means no fun for me when I see that. Just, just tells me, okay, you got a game coming out in September. We're not talking about a game that's coming out two, three years from now. You got a game that's coming out in September and you absolutely show no gameplay for it. Just a CG trailer. That does nothing for me. Absolutely nothing for an existing IP that's been out for 30 years. There's absolutely nothing for me. So you know what? At least Street Fighter Six came out, came out to good reviews. So the competition's high in the fighting game, my friend. I'm looking forward to some good things with Corrupt. Yeah, I'm very, very excited and hopefully getting to a point where Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat their 30 plus year reign is finally going to be put a little bit down. It's time for something new. And we believe corrupt's going to be it. Well, I'm wishing you and, and the whole entire team all the best on that and anything we can do to give it a shout out. We'd love to go ahead and do so. Gerald, you're a gamer. I am. And as the host of the pop culture Cosmos show, which covers the latest news and trends in pop culture, one of the things we always talk about is video games. And this month, with all these announcements that are going, PlayStation just had its latest state of play. Nintendo's going to be doing something. Xbox is having its latest press conference here very shortly, plus a full hour of Starfield, which I'm really excited to see. Yes, you could say I am a gamer indeed. So definitely looking forward to that. Again, go ahead. If you want to hear more about video games, go ahead and check out my comments each and every time out on the Pop Culture Cosmos, where we talk video games, streaming, television, pro wrestling, and so much more. So go ahead and check that out indeed. But right now, it's the Lakers fast break. Joe Soro and I have got some good stuff planned. Anytime, any more news or something that becomes the scuttlebutt and the talk of the Lakers land, you know whether we like it or not. And in the case of Joe, that's usually a not. We're still going to talk about it. And we're going to go ahead and do it for you because we got to put out those great shows for you. We true, we appreciate everyone in the past couple of weeks being concerned whether or not we're going to stay on the air. I was just taking some days off. I know what Magic Man did that left us, you know, to go ahead and work on his own things. And uh, I wish him the best and hoping he's well. I did get this chance to reach out to him, if not recently, and he's doing a little bit better. So I'm hopeful and thankful that he'll he's going to continue on the right path and everything good goes well for him but yeah we're just putting out as much content as we can we're still back we're still up and running we're not going away for the summer and we hope you don't as well if you got a lakers fan in your life let him know about us right here at the lakers fast break podcast <laughs> 